Hello and welcome to the Daydream Believers podcast. I'm your host, Liz Chirelli. Here you'll find a monthly dose of insight to help keep you motivated, inspired and informed so you can continue working towards your dreams. We cover a variety of topics so you can become the person you need to be in order to turn your dreams into reality. Every now and then, we'll also bring in some music artists to showcase some of the best electronic music there is out there. Thanks for listening, and remember to head to lizcirelli.com to download my free ebook on what it takes to achieve your dreams. It contains a free morning motivation that you can download and listen to every morning to guarantee you start each day strong and stay on the path to success. Now, on to the show. Hello, Liz here, and welcome to another episode of the Daydream Believers podcast. For this month's episode, I am super excited to be exploring emotional empowerment, self-healing, and self-connection with life coach and well-being specialist, Veronica Amorelli from Healed Souls, who's also a really good friend of mine, so it's an extra special guest. (laughs) (laughs) Veronica focuses on helping people deeply connect to their own inner wisdom and ability to self-heal. It's through nurturing this deep connection to the self that we can feel a deep sense of emotional stability, empowerment in our day-to-day lives. This then increases our ability to design and live life in a way that's inspiring, uplifting, and in alignment with our best possible realities. All sounds so yummy. Veronica has spent 12 years studying energy healing, life coaching, and numerous different healing modalities, and has created an incredible course, tying together some of the best techniques to teach people how to master their own emotions and how to feel more stable and deeply connected to life. Veronica, thank you so much for being my special guest on this episode. It's my pleasure, Liz. It's so nice to be here with you. It's honestly an honour. Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, I'd love for you to elaborate a little bit more to listeners before we kind of dive headfirst into the questions that have been submitted for us. And um, yeah, kind of tell listeners a little bit more about yourself and what you do and what you're here today to bring to the table. Lovely. So, hi everybody. Um, I'm Veronica from Hilda Souls, as Liz mentioned. And over the past 12 years, I've been studying at length um, lots of different healing modalities, um, life coaching in particular, and also a lot of energy healing work, meditation work, and imagery work as well. And ultimately, my my quest to study all of these things has been really to to nurture myself, to heal myself, and to give myself a sense of of empowerment in the world. And that was really what drew me to to the healing world, really. Um, I always instinctively knew that I enjoyed personal development. I've always been drawn to reading books about personal development. And it's something that always came to me um, with ease and something that I was always really naturally passionate about. And what I have taken uh, throughout all of these years that has been most um, effective and life-changing for me was the ability to really understand what my own needs are, the ability to understand how I can nurture myself how I can help to support my mind, support my body, support my emotions, and 
it's through that that I have really felt that I have been able to become emotionally empowered. And to me, emotional empowerment is having a deep connection to the self so that you can really understand what your needs are, um, whether you know, you're, you're in a high in life and feeling really good or even in the times when you're not feeling so good. <clears throat> What's always been most important and valuable to me was to be able to, to have my own back essentially um, to really understand in the deep depth of my core what I'm about um, what my needs are and what my truest truth is and so I've, I've recently developed an emotional empowerment course which has guided all of my students through the processes that I've learned over all of these years I've basically cherry-picked some of the most simplest yet beautiful um, processes and also I guess like things that you'd integrate into your lifestyle so they're like lots of different techniques that you'd use for your self-practice maybe that's a better way of putting it and I've put them all together in a lovely way that makes it really easy for other people to follow so that they too can feel emotionally empowered and connected to themselves and understand what their own needs are it's been a really beautiful journey from where I started to where I am now and you know, it's similar, I think what's also important to share, Liz and I were obviously having a little chat prior to this call, is that even with all of these years of training and even with all of these lovely um, techniques that I use on a daily basis and my knowledge and my ability to support myself, I still do have moments where I feel really blissful and amazing and really on my game and like, you know, um, like the world's got my back, but I do equally also have times when I still hit rock bottom mm -hmm. where I feel really low, where I doubt what I'm doing. I doubt whether what I offer to the world is, is, is of worth or even if I'm really enjoying what I'm doing. But the difference now is that rather than falling into despair, or even if I do fall into despair, it's just for a very brief moment because I remember all of these amazing tools that I have to bring myself ultimately just back to me, back to who I am in my heart, not to what my mind thinks or not to what other people have said or, or anything like that, but just who I am in my heart, regardless of what out um, external variables might be showing to me so so that's where a, a lot of my work has has really gone and the the beauty of it all is is that it's all really simple it's really really simple you know the the key to to well-being and i feel like i've been talking about this a lot recently is simplicity mm. you know we don't need these long lists of all these different things that we have to do to stay on top we need a few very simple key pieces that we can implement into our lives regularly and consistently and the easier um, the things are that you choose to use for your self-care the easier and more likely it is for you to do them often because mm -hmm. we're all busy you know we've all got yeah. 10 million things to do quite often we might prioritize other things maybe it's our families that take priority maybe it's work that takes priority or whatever it may be if we have a small number of go-to things that we know help us to feel amazing um then we're more likely to use them as, as often as we can yeah. and um i guess the the key within all of this within all the work that i do is um is connecting to the self Mm. it's it's all about self-inquiry it's about taking a moment to to check in with yourself to understand what you need to understand when there's um the 
the requirement of a little bit of fine tuning or a bit of an adjustment in the way that you're, you know, living life or doing your daily tasks or whatever it might be. And it's in continually checking in with yourself and doing that self inquiry where you really start to feel just supported yeah. by yourself ultimately. Yeah. yeah. And not only that is that because you're constantly understanding what you need, it's a lot harder for you to veer so far off the path that you then crumble and fall or have a, um, a burnout or a breakdown or whatever it may be, because you're constantly checking in with yourself and fine tuning and adjusting your lifestyles that best supports you and, and your fulfillment. Mm. Oh, so lush. Love it. I think a lot of, a lot of people get stuck on, um, you, you touched on, you know, like kind of checking in with yourself and mm-hmm. knowing what you yourself want and need. A lot of people I'm sure are asking, well, how do I know the difference between what I need and want in my heart versus what my mind is telling me? Mm-hmm. Do you have any tips for people on how to kind of navigate that minefield? <laughs> yeah, I do. Absolutely. So, um, I think one of the easiest ways to put it that I like to play around with and and what I also encourage you all to do. So these are tips and ideas that I might be giving you, but definitely feel into it and see if this stuff works for you because there's lots of different approaches to inner work, to self-inquiry. And it's just all about finding things that actually resonate with you. Mm. For me, I have found obviously the things that I'm doing very useful for me. I've spent a lot of time cherry picking all of the bits that I think, oh yeah, that's amazing. That works for me. And that's amazing. That works for me. Um, So just experiment. There's no right or wrong here. It's just about trying things out, approaching things with a little bit of curiosity and just noticing what experience you have when you work with this stuff. And with, so we obviously have our minds and our minds want something. And quite often our minds, I believe, you know, can overcomplicate things and their demand, the demands of the mind can be quite vast, right? Mm. And then when you like connect with the heart, the heart seems to have a slightly different approach to things. It's a lot, a little bit simpler. It's a bit more connective. It's definitely approaching things with love. Um, But I also believe that we then have, you know, our gut and our gut is our instincts. It's what Mm -hmm. we know in our bodies, right? So our body also has um, its own intelligence. Your body will tell you through feeling when something's wrong or something's right. So you've got all of these different ways that, that your body can communicate with you. Right. And, to start with while you're trying to clarify who's 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 running the show here who's actually talking to me I would think of these different elements of me as their own consciousnesses so to speak or their own like their own person right my mind is its own person my mind has its own desires its own needs and its own ideals and it's got its own agenda quite frankly of what it wants right yeah my heart equally right has its own identity it has also its own needs its own wants and its own agenda and as does my gut right so to start with play around and when you're you know say an idea comes into your mind and you're like oh but you know where, where has that come from ask just mm-hmm. actually ask who is speaking right now is it my mind is it my heart is it my gut or is it my own inner wisdom which you know if, if you're that way inclined and you believe um in, in your beliefs are a little bit more spiritual then there might be information that's coming to you from your actual vaster self Mm. so simply by getting used to asking yourself questions you will really start to get into the flow here and that's what it's all about and sometimes it might be for example that 
my gut is worried about something that my heart is telling me I should go for. Right. Mm. So then you've got this conflict going on inside of you where you really want to do something, but there's this other really strong part of you that's like, no, 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 this is a really bad idea. You know, open up a, a conversation as if you're sitting in a room with three different people and you're like, cool. Okay. Well, who, who is it that wants to do this? And you might very clearly get it's the heart. And who is it that's against this? And it might be the gut. Like, fantastic. Well, gut, why are you against this? What are you trying to bring into my attention that might not be beneficial for me? Because your whole body serves a purpose, right? You're not having bad feelings just for the sake of it. You're having, um, you know, or unpleasant feelings, should I say, because your body's trying to communicate with you. It's mm. saying, hey, I need to flag something up with you. This might not be okay. So, in opening up that dialogue and respecting the different elements of you that have different feelings and understanding where all of those different parts are coming from, you can quite often either like literally objection handle <laughs> the, the unpleasant ideas that might be forming and bring logic into them and say, well, how about this? And how about this? And how about this? Until the unpleasant feelings suddenly are either won over and they're like, okay, cool. We're on board now. Or maybe actually it's better for you not to go ahead with whatever it was that you were thinking of doing. Mm. My, so my, I guess my tip would be, was just keep it really simple and just ask, you know, who, who is talking right now and really start to try and develop a rapport with the ideas and notions that are starting to come up in your body and just see where it takes you. Again, there's no right or wrong here. It's just about exploring and seeing where these conversations take you. I love that. That's so amazing. And the other thing that I actually kind of came to realize relatively recently, um, and it was through reading the, that book, Conversations with God, that we were discussing earlier, is that, you know, we have, we have our mind that's generally, we've got the reactive mind, which mm -hmm. is the one that often is fearful and panicky. And then we've got the analytical mind, which is more often than not more calm and logic and um, more objective in its approach. And then we have kind of what I class is like inspired feelings, feelings that make you go like, oh, wow, anything's possible. It's like that childlike state of like expansiveness. And what I've come to now like define is like, okay, well, this is a fearful thought that I'm feeling. It's, I can feel it in my body. It's making me contract. It literally makes me want to like, just, you know, curl up into a ball and hide. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, so now I'm trying to, I wouldn't say not listen to, I still acknowledge those voices, but rather than acting in favor of those voices, I try to act according to those expansive feelings that I'm getting. And then if there's a big decision that I have to make and I'm feeling fearful about it, I'll just kind of, you know, meditate on it and give thanks for the outcome that I want to have in this particular situation. And then, and then rest in that state of gratitude and then act according to that state of expansion that being in a state of gratitude naturally brings you. Mm -hmm. And I found that that's been really helping me avoid like irrational fears, which have lovely. constantly obstructed me. That's really lovely. So, uh, you know, if, if I've understood you correctly, so it's following what feels expansive in your body as yeah. opposed to what feels like it's contracting. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, it's been so super helpful. Yeah, that's definitely an amazing way to approach it. Because, uh, and again, you know, just to team that up with what I was saying before, you know, your body is always communicating with you. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, so if you think about something, you do something and it feels expansive, or if you have a thought and it feels expansive, then you go for that and you try and cultivate the things that are making you feel expansive in your body and in your mind and in your heart, as opposed to the things that feel contracting. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. And you, you, you touched on something earlier as well, which I, believe is the foundation of many of the questions that we're going to be addressing a little bit later on and that's Mm -hmm. you know getting to know yourself Mm -hmm. and understanding your own journey of healing and kind of embracing that so yeah if you'd like to go into more depth on that and how one can connect with oneself and understand oneself more and thereby one's emotions and one's feelings as well Uh uh-huh okay sure Um, so again, um, you know, it all comes down to, to self-inquiry and there's, there's lots of different ways to do it, but I guess the the way that I have done it is I've really just made a point of constantly meditating and, you know, there's very different, many different ways that one can meditate and there's lots of different styles that, you know, different people prefer. Um, I work a lot energetically, so I work a lot with energy healing. Um, I've done lots of um, different courses on energy healing. So my way to connect with myself would always be to sort of meditate and start to, to bring energy into my body. But just to keep things simple and maybe accessible for everybody who's watching, just taking time to literally sit down in silence and to ground yourself momentarily. And what I mean by grounding is to consciously make a decision to connect to the weight of your body as you're sitting down on the ground and to also consciously give your full permission for the earth to ground you. So um, a little sort of nugget, if you will, is if you think of the earth um, having its own magnetic pull, right? The earth has gravity. It has its own magnetic pull. If you think about all of the things that are actually on this earth due to that magnetic pull. So if you consciously connect with that magnetic pull, you can allow the earth to to support you in in grounding you and helping you to feel really deeply rooted in your body and in your mind, helping you to feel more stable and more centered. And when you do it that way, it's really interesting because not only have you consciously chosen to be grounded, but you've also allowed the earth to support you in grounding you as well because it's doing it for you and just simply by doing that what happens is is that the energy in your body starts to shift and quite often a lot of our energy is actually just in sort of the top half of our bodies because we're always thinking we're always watching things we're always on our phones and simply by bringing your attention into the lower parts of the body you automatically start to notice a sense of stillness as all of the energy just balances um, throughout your body So I would start just simply by practicing that and using your breath to also help you to feel a lot calmer, to slow down your nervous system and to create space for you to really start to connect inwards. Even just taking three deep breaths makes such a difference in the way that you feel. It really helps you to calm down. You know, another thing that you could do is, is playing around with that square breathing where you breathe in for the count of four, you hold for the count of four, breathe out for the count of four, and then hold for the count of four. So just doing anything like that, even if you just do it three times or five times or whatever, just to sort of slow yourself down. I sort of, on the most part, will start with my with self-inquiry. So if there's like something in particular that 
you know, quite often it will be say, say there's something that I need to do that I'm not sure that I need to do or say I feel really unpleasant feelings in my body about a certain thing that's happened. I'll sit down and I'll start to connect to, to the thing that's present. I'll take a moment after I'm calm and I'll tune into myself and, you know, say, okay, so, you know, why do I feel sad about whatever? And you'll be really surprised. It's just that none of us do this. We're not really taught to do this. This isn't things that, you know, we're brought up with, right? And you will be so surprised. And so many of my clients are so surprised when I say to them, just ask yourself why you're sad. What does your inner voice say? And you get an answer. Actual words come out in your mind. And it's as clear as day. You get answers. And suddenly you're like, oh. But you just had never asked before because you didn't know to ask. So I would just start by asking myself questions. If there's anything that you need support with, asking yourself questions as if you are your own best friend. You know, if your mate sat in front of you and asked you for some advice, whether it's for something emotional or practical or whatever it is, you know, what would you do to sit down with your friend and guide them through it? What questions would you ask them? What support would you give them? What little nuggets of wisdom would you give them? And ultimately, you know, just to even make it funny, like um, you're, you just start talking to yourself, literally start having a chat with yourself in your mind and start to unfold and unpick everything that it is that's happening within you, but from a space that's grounded mm-hmm. and from a space that's calm. And when you really start getting used to doing this, the the fluidity that starts to form within your internal dialogue is incredible. Mm. And um, I don't know if that sounds easy enough, but um, but that that's where I would start. Just grounding myself, you know, focusing on my breath to help to relax my body and just start to ask myself questions. And even if you don't know what to say in the beginning, just literally be like, oh, hi me, how's it going? Just to start to, to play with the idea of having conversations with yourself and you'll really start to see how easy it can really be. Yeah, yeah. I think you hit a real poignant nail on the head when you said that we haven't been taught how to do this. Mm-hmm. And I think I'd probably go as far as to say that some of us have also been conditioned to believe that this this isn't a way to deal with things you know that it's mm-hmm. all just like airy fairy hippy dippy nonsense mm-hmm. and that is a really damaging way of thinking because it it really um it separates you from yourself and it separates you from your inner wisdom and the innate intelligence that we all have within us and you're so right when you you know like and you, you just put it so beautifully just open up a conversation with yourself yeah. i think a lot of us are in battle with ourselves rather than in in conversation with ourselves and that inner turmoil is then projected outwardly um either verbally or in the form of our actions or even energetically and mm-hmm. you know if we're project, projecting that sort of energy in any way shape or form outwardly we're going to be receiving that energy back in some way shape mm-hmm. or form as well because it's we live in a reflective universe if our as above so below if our mm-hmm. inner world is in turmoil our outer world is also going to be in turmoil so mm-hmm. yeah i think it's 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 beautiful yeah to open up a dialogue with yourself Yay. i think this is actually a really lovely place for us to start moving on to the questions submitted by the okay the lovely sounds good awesome 
So we, we had some really gorgeous questions. Thank you very much to everybody who submitted the questions. Um, it's really made both Veronica and me think very deeply. So I'll just go in order of how they appeared. So Tim asked, how do we heal from deep shame? What about if we don't like ourselves and struggle to love ourselves? Okay. So um, thank you, Tim, by the way, for, for sharing that question. I think it's a really important question. So sort of going back to what I was saying before, you know, your, your shame is, is an emotion. It's trying to communicate with you. That's why that shame is there in the first place. So, you know, taking the time to actually sit down, like I said, on ground and calm down with your breath and actually speak to that shame, give that shame space mm. and try to understand where it's coming from. Like, what, what do I feel ashamed about? And really start to get specific with, with what purpose that shame has, because the shame has arisen for a reason. And quite often in understanding the purpose that the emotion has, and giving the emotion space to exist, um, instead of contracting away from a feeling, it creates a more expansive feeling in the body because you're allowing yourself ultimately to take up space because mm -hmm. that shame is something that's arising in you. And from there, from understanding what the need is of that emotion of shame or understanding what its purpose is, you can thank your emotions for communicating with you and, um, and then just send love to it. It's, it's so powerful, literally just doing that. And you do it over and over again and you'll start to notice the, the feeling that you're harboring in your body starts to shift every time that you do it, every time that the inner voices are heard, every time that the inner feelings are heard and acknowledged and then given space to, to fulfill their purpose and become something else, you'll find that, well, I invite you anyway, just to, to have a little play with doing that and seeing how it feels um also you know it's it's okay to ask for help like a lot of the really deep work that I've done and you know the, the reason why I've, I've been able to get to a point now is not because I did it on my own right I have had counselors I've had life coaches I've had body workers energy healers I've had a whole army of people throughout you know a period of time supporting me and sometimes you need help to see what you can't see and sometimes you need help just to start to unpick the complexities of the things that um that are manifested within us Absolutely. so you know obviously it depends on whether you know that's in your means or if you know people that you can um, get support from but i strongly strongly recommend having healing or coaching or anything along those lines just to have a bit of initial support and a clearer understanding of what the best way might be for you to really start to nurture that sensation of shame and then there was the last bit of the question remind me what that was again sorry yeah um what about if we don't like ourselves and struggle to love ourselves again and i'd almost um come at that with um, a little bit more of a practical approach and this was just what instinctively came to me when when I saw this um, message or question sorry um, is that start to get really specific sometimes when we have these negative beliefs or ideas about ourselves they're actually really vague right mm -hmm. so actually get really clear what what is it exactly that you don't like about yourself right be very clear and it's okay to do this write it down be very very clear and say for example you know 
they don't like that you, you have a pink bike right just to, just as an example and actually not only do you have a pink bike you don't know how to ride a bike and this is your biggest shame that you've been carrying for however long just because you potentially might not like something about yourself or something that you're you're doing that does not equal your self-love those are two separate things and we're kind of programmed to believing if i'm not perfect then i'm not of value mm. okay and those things actually don't go hand in hand they're two completely separate things it's perfectly fine to not be good at something or to have things that you'd like to work on and regardless of any of those things even if you've done something really bad in your life that you feel shameful for you are still worthy of love those two things do not go hand in hand so once you've made a list of all of those things, I'd really invite you to read them out and say to yourself, even though I have a pink bike, I am still worthy of love. Even though I cannot ride a bike, I am still worthy of love. And when you're ready to, I would then go as far as saying, even though I have a pink bike, I still love myself. And doing that regularly as we were talking before you know consistency is key when you're doing self-care um yeah you know repetition is key having a practice that you do continually on a daily basis to make sure that you're constantly feeding and nurturing yourself is absolutely imperative so i would go through all of those things that you think might not be good enough about yourself or that you feel shame about and give yourself permission that regardless as to whether those things are true or not, that you are still worthy of love and of self-love. Yeah. Beautiful. Really beautiful. Um, and what I would also suggest him and, and Veronica, this is also some work that we've done together as well Is like, it's called feeding your demons and it's mm-hmm. basically kind of personifying your, your demons. So that in this case, Tim, it would be shame. You just sit down and just really call it in, you know, like call in your shame, feel where it is in your body, feel the mm-hmm. sensations um, inside your body and just don't run away from it. Like really get in there, get in there full force and start to give it a face and give it a form and start to see it as an entity in and of its own right with its own voice, which is what we were going back to earlier. Mm -hmm. And then ask it what it wants, you know, Mm -hmm. just ask it what it wants and just keep talking to it. And slowly over time, you'll, you'll realize that this big monster that is coming in the form of shame is actually just a really, really, really scared part of you um, Mm -hmm. that may often come in the form of a child, um, which is sometimes what's called your inner child. Um, And so to talk kind of a bit more esoterically, the way that I see your shame is it's just, it's just part of your inner child that's really calling out for attention. And what do kids do when they want attention? They play up. Mm-hmm. And, you know like this inner child of yours is playing up and is creating this big monster called shame so yeah just you know stop running away from it like the one thing that's been coming up for me a lot recently is that darkness can only exist in the absence of light so you know like just shine a light on this thing stop turning away from it and turn towards it and that will will follow I think once you start doing that and once you really start getting to understand and befriend these demons aka the terrified child within Mm -hmm. us you naturally start to learn to love yourself as well because you realize oh 
this is just me at five years old, terrified. Like, how can you not love a terrified four-year-old, you know, or five-year-old? So that's what I would advise as well. Absolutely. And also, um, you know, one of the points we were talking about before, like be your own best friend. Yeah. Like that's part of you. Your shame is part of you. That's, that's terrified. And like, and, and that's okay. You know, it's like, we, we often really try and move away from the, the unpleasant feelings that we have and we just want them to go away. But if you think of yourself as your own best friend and you really start to go into that self-inquiry, like what if a friend came to you and said to you, I feel really ashamed about this thing that I've done. You wouldn't just go, I'm really sorry. I don't deal with shame. I need to go over there. You'd sit down with them and say, Oh my God, tell me what's happened. And you know, more often than not, whatever they're ashamed about, you're supportive, you're understanding, you listen to them, you give them, you know, positive reinforcement or whatever it may be, or you say, it's okay, I still love you anyway. You know, it's just really about being soft and gentle with ourselves and understanding that, you know, we all feel shame Mm. and we're all terrified, you know, to an extent. And it's about just being gentle with yourself and knowing that it's okay to to have those feelings. Um, They just, they just need to be addressed and nurtured. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I really like this idea of just simplifying things is like really there's love and there's fear and you know, love is love. We all know what that involves and fear is everything, you know, from shame to anger, to resentment, to all of, all of the contractive emotions that we feel. And yeah, you know, like we feel them, but they're there to be felt like not, Mm -hmm. not to be run away from. And it's exactly, it's through like our natural, our natural reaction to pain is to be like, Oh no, no, no. No, I, I don't, because like, obviously if we put our hand on something hot and we keep our hand there, we're going to lose our hand. Um, mm-hmm. So like we are biologically programmed to run away from pain, but actually when it's, when it comes down to emotional pain, you've got to go through that fire because it's in going through the pain of that refining fire that you then you can alchemize and you learn and you grow. Like if you're constantly running away from your emotional pain, you're never going to learn and you're never going to grow. So yeah, I would just be like Tim, just jump right into that fire and mm-hmm. yeah, let exactly. it, let it purify you. Yeah. You know, cause you'll come out as gold. So um, exactly. Yeah. And, and also like your body's like calling you to go through the fire because it's scary or it feels a bit unpleasant. We try and avoid it, but then it just gets bigger. Yeah. It gets bigger and stronger because your body's like, Hey, I'm trying to talk to you. And we're like, Oh, that's, you know, a bit awkward. I don't, I don't want to go into that, that emotion and we avoid it. And then so your body's like, Hey, I'm trying to talk to you. And you're like, Oh, now it's getting worse. I really don't like what's happening there until your body starts taking over and screaming at you. Yeah. And you know, the unpleasant feelings just magnify and magnify and yeah. magnify until we actually just look at them and we're like, Oh, actually that wasn't as bad as I thought it was yeah. quite often harboring the emotion and trying to avoid it is far worse than actually just taking a moment and sitting down with it and being Absolutely. like, cool, what are you trying to tell me and how can I help you? Yeah. 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 The one thing that I've learned with dealing with like, or going into the dark places inside myself is that nothing is as terrifying as it seems on the outside. It's it's like you said, it's, it's a lot worse actually just trying to avoid it. It takes a lot more energy than just going, right, fine. I'm just going to dive in and deal with it. 
you always come out stronger. You always, yeah. always. I hope that helps, Tim. Another question, this one from Manir. He says, hi, Liz. I think it was you who made the statement, find your tribe. Indeed, it was. <laughs> and it really resonated with me ever since. I don't know if, it, if that fits in with Veronica's scope for this podcast. He says, hello. Um, hi, Manir. <laughs> but would, uh, would, I would appreciate hearing more about finding one's tribe. Yeah, it absolutely does fit into the scope, Munir. Um, it's lovely to hear from you. What came up for me when I was reading your question was, um, it, again, like going back to sort of self-inquiry. So if you're looking for your tribe, you know, who, who are your tribe? And ultimately, I guess for me anyway, my tribe are expressions of me, really, you know, I, when, when I'm have quested for my, my own tribe, so to speak, and, or I'm looking for new friends or anything like that, you know, where that starts is by me really focusing on how I want to feel the type of person that I am, what I'd like to see in my life, whether creativity is important to me or just, you know, open-minded people or, you know, people that dance or whatever it might be. And it's almost about like really strengthening your understanding of, of who you are and what you want to have in the world around you. And I would really start once again, just through self inquiry and taking a moment to really tune into yourself and understand what your values are, um, what you want to experience in life, what makes you tick, what makes you feel excited, what makes you feel expansive. And, um, and from that space, from that sense of real clarity within yourself of who you are, what you're about and what you love, then get out there and start meeting people. You know, I think it really requires clarity within the self, but then it also does require action. And, um, you know, going out there and maybe going to things that you haven't normally gone to before, if, if you are looking for a completely new tribe, then maybe stepping outside of your comfort zone a little bit and, you know, going to events that interest you or meeting new people through friends. If you've got friends that you really like, then meet their friends. It's, it's quite probable that their friends will also be quite awesome if, if they're friends with the people that you do like. Mm. Um, so that would be my, my tips and advice for that one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I, I would say like, you know, just don't be afraid to ask other people, you know, like Veronica was saying, if you've got friends who have, who you enjoy hanging out with, ask them, for introductions to their friends as well you know and then you can grow your tribe that way another piece of information that I came across quite recently as well was that this notion that if you're constantly thinking I want I want a new tribe I want this I want that I want like want 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 it comes back to us as more wanting so I would begin to replace like I want with thank you for my new tribe and like Veronica was saying as well, just get really specific. I would go so far as to say, and Veronica and I were talking about this earlier, <sighs> is to start writing it down, <laughs> like actually give thanks um, for having manifested this amazing tribe of yours already. Um, write it down every single morning and then read it out after you've written it. Yeah, just sit sit in the knowledge that you are in. Do by doing so, you are calling it to you. You have to, again, like consistency is this other thing that's been coming up. You have to do it, do it every single day and every single evening. You don't have to write it every single evening, but just reread out loud what you wrote in the morning. And 
it's not like it will just fall into your lap. You'll have, you'll be given signs that you then have to take action on. So, you know, you might get an unexpected invitation to go somewhere with an unexpected group of people go say yes mm-hmm. you know, just say yes to these unexpected things that are happening these synchronicities that are happening and you'll also notice that when you're writing these things down that you're grateful for I certainly do as I get really excited and I almost start buzzing with excitement and you know, we were talking about this a little bit earlier. It's that state of expansiveness. You feel like it's almost like a childlike wonder. Make your decisions when you're in that state. And if you're if you're trying to find your tribe or, you know, you're like, you're back in that state of wanting, of like craving, of needing, and you, you can feel your energy becoming more con- more contracted, go back to that just thank you. Thank you for bringing me my tribe. Thank you for this amazing, inspirational tribe of creative, supportive, loving people that I now have in my life. And feel that the expansiveness of that gratitude. And then make your decision when you're in that state of expansion. And if you do that consistently, I'll be very surprised if your tribe does not appear. <laughs> but yeah you just got you've got to follow the signs as well absolutely active that's lovely <laughs> i hope that helps manu <laughs> thank you for your question reed reed has a, had a good question we all know how hard it is to make your dreams a reality how do i successfully prioritize self-time against all the work i always seem to leave taking care of myself to the end and often of course it doesn't happen any guidance Mm -hmm. (laughs) yes (laughs) lots lots of guidance so um you know I I have talked about this at length as well so you know from just from from my experience really and also from the angle of really developing your emotional empowerment and you know your sense of stability in the world around you self-care is really important self-care isn't a luxury as many people believe it to be right Mm. self-care is you feeding yourself it is as important as you eating during the day as you sleeping as you breathing okay when you feed yourself consistently you feel nourished you feel nurtured and self-care is also something that will allow you to feel nourished and nurtured Um, What happens quite often when people neglect self-care and put their dreams, which are also obviously very important. We've all got big dreams and it's amazing to to be ambitious, ambitious and have those big dreams. But quite often over time, not prioritizing self-care can actually have a really detrimental effect on your mentality, on your, your physical health, on your well-being. Um, A lot of people have um, emotional crashes. um, You have burnouts all sorts of things and I think that there's a common element that even though we know this we don't necessarily embody it and believe it but actually if you really incorporate self-care into your routine religiously it basically helps to feed you so that you can feed and nurture your dreams Um, we're actually far more productive we're far more effective our ability to to have good inspiration and to you know problem handle and to feel on top of our game improves if we focus on our self-care 
And quite often we think that, you know, well, I'm really busy. I need to put all of my time into the project that I'm doing. Otherwise I might not finish it on time. When actually, if you put some, only some of your time in making sure that you do your self care, which might be like physical exercise, a bit of meditation, and I don't know, maybe going for a walk every three days, whatever it might be then you will have all of the energy that you need in your body. You'll have love in your heart because your body's being looked after. Your body feels great. It feels uplifted. And all of this actually helps you to be a lot more efficient and a lot more productive and, um, and willing and happy to follow your dreams because you feel as good as you possibly can. So what I have learned throughout the years is that self-care has to be non-negotiable. <laughs> it really has to be there's no it's not it's not an option it's something that has to happen it is part of my daily routine it's just like I, I don't negotiate on eating are you joking I wake up in the morning and the thing that gets me out of bed is that I'm like it's okay Veronica you can go and have some breakfast and have a tea and then we'll figure everything else out after that you know that's my first go-to and exercising meditating or you know having some healing or whatever it is that you intuitively know that you need in your body in order to thrive has to be your first port of call. Because if you're physically, mentally, and emotionally thriving, what kind of effect do you think that's going to have on all of your hopes and dreams? Mm. First and foremost, that has to be like number one. And if, if I'm completely honest, the reason why I'm getting a lot better at making that happen, I'm not perfect at it by any means, but I'm a lot better at it is because I've fallen flat on my face so many times because I've neglected self-care. And when I say fall on my face, I mean, you know, having anxiety for weeks on end, being completely exhausted, feeling completely in despair about, you know, whatever projects I've had. And suddenly your body's crumbling because you've failed to feed it through self-care. So you know, each time that that happens, I get a reminder. I'm like, hang on a minute. If I put me first, I feel fantastic. And then all of the other things that I want to do feel a lot easier, a lot manageable and, and a lot more accessible. You know, that's like my first food, uh, food for thought. And then secondly, is be really clear. Be really clear about what your day needs to, to have in it in order for you to feel as though you're prioritizing your dreams. So your dreams are really important for you. And, you know, in, in saying what you've said, you're implying that actually the dream is more important than potentially doing self-care or anything else. So ask yourself intuitively and logically, how much time do I need to invest in my dream on a daily basis for it to become a success or for me to feel as though I've put enough work into it? And when you start to get clear about those timeframes, you'll work within those timeframes. Mm. Um, and I, I read something um, recently, which was very interesting. It came up the other day and I've got it here. It says, so it's Parkinson's law, right? And it says work expands to fill the time available for its completion, which means that if you give yourself a week to complete a two hour task, then psychologically speaking, the task will increase in complexity and become more daunting so as to fill that week. It may not even fill the extra time with more work, but distress and tension about having to get it done will arise. So by assigning the right amount of time to a task, we gain back more time and then the task will reduce in complexity to its natural state. So being clear with yourself about how much time you're going to allocate to a task 
and also planning. So, you know, within that five hours, my plan is to get these five things done and that's what's important. And that way you're off the hook. You've allocated the right amount of time. You've decided what needs to be completed within that amount of time. And outside of that, it's time for you to also do your other job, which is to feed your body, feed your mind, feed your heart so that you can be really effective and make your dreams come true. Brilliant. Loved that. Loved everything about it. <laughs> and um, yeah, I would say to that Reed as well, like I really understand where he's at is discipline. You need to be really disciplined. I could quite easily go from 5.30 in the morning until 11 o'clock at night, like bang, 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 bang on my computer because there's a part of me that is convinced that I have so much to do. Um, but I know that in reality, I'm my own CEO and I'm the one making the deadlines. And I'm also the one in charge of my own health and well-being and sanity. And so I do get up at 5.30 in the morning, but guess what? The first two hours of my day are spent on me, on self-love, on journaling, meditating, reading, inspirational material stuff that I know is going to help me like Veronica said to achieve my dreams and that's non-negotiable time if I can't do it because I'm waking up late because I'm ill or whatever fine then I just let it go but if I'm ill it generally means I'm sleeping all day and I'm not working and also you know as I know that if I don't do yoga every day my body feels horrible like my back hurts and I'm literally in physical agony you know like everything hurts everything hurts and so every night at 6 30 I stop what I'm doing and I go onto my yoga mat for at least 20 minutes like if I can't do a full hour's practice it's it's 20 minutes and that too is non-negotiable but that requires discipline because I see the clock coming closer to half six and it's like oh just just a little bit more just a little bit more just a little, yeah. just a little bit more and then you know, like if I don't apply that, that discipline, it, it, it goes and that's it. The day's gone. I go to bed. I don't feel as good as I would have had I done the yoga. And it's, you know, you kind of reach a point where you're like, why am I actually choosing to punish myself? Mm -hmm. I'm actually choosing to cause myself harm. And I'm using, I'm using the cloak or the excuse of I'm so busy or I've got so much to do or I'm more productive mm -hmm. it's really 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 detrimental to yourself it's self-sabotage it is ultimately it it's is. like I choose not to do the things for myself which make me feel the most fulfilled and yeah. most physically well yeah. and the most energized because I have this dream yeah when exactly. actually the dream is to feel good and to enjoy life whilst reaching for our dreams. I believe anyway, unless yeah. there's anybody out there whose dream is to not feel good whilst yeah. reaching for their dreams. <laughs> Perhaps the more masochistic amongst us. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like the, in my opinion, it, and this is one thing that I, that really came up for me in February and February was a really difficult month for me. And I, I've realized it's not about the end destination. It's about the journey as well. Mm -hmm. And it's about the person you become while you're pursuing your dream mm -hmm. um, and grow and evolve and change a lot. You know, those of us that aren't born into like huge wealth or really powerful families or whatever, those of us who do become successful through hard work, 
are very different people from the moment we started to the mm-hmm. moment we get to where we want to be. And it's all part of the journey. And so it's about also loving the journey. And if you love the journey, then you make the journey a bit more pleasurable. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, and I think that's such a really important point, Liz, because there's no point in any of it if you feel like crap while you're doing it. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's no point. And I've caught myself out so many times. There's so many, so many times where I'm just like, oh, I actually feel just quite stressed a lot of the time rather than feeling passionate and excited and happy about what I'm doing. And quite often when, when I catch myself doing that, I'll just take a moment and go back into my self inquiry. And I'm like, what's happening? And most of the time it's just, you just need to relax, man. Just relax. Just let go a little bit. Still keep doing what you're doing, but just let go a little bit and relax and enjoy it. Yeah. I think it's, it's so important to enjoy the journey. So important. Definitely. Hope that helps Reed. (laughs) Um, so on to Ryan, he, he, um, he had quite a complex question. <laughs> how can I stay steady inside against anything that happens, no matter how serious it may be? I suffer from agoraphobia, anxiety disorders, and PTSD, and a fear. And I also have a fear of dentistry and surgery. I also have autism, which makes a lot of things tough or impractical for me. How can I find peace within myself in a world where something like a health scare or any sudden urgent event in general could knock me off my rocker? Yeah, that was a very big question. I mean, first and foremost, when I hear that, we're all going to have moments in time when we feel unsteady. And I think first and foremost, it's really important to remember that, you know, it's it's going to happen. OK, um, you've obviously got a lot of um, things that you're working with a lot of different phobias it's likely that there will be moments when you're going to feel unsteady so be okay with the fact that that might come up for you Mm. but outside of that it's it's even more important for you if you find that there are lots of different variables which are creating this sense of fear within you for you to have a really really stable and sturdy self-practice so finding whether it is through through like meditation or through breath work finding something that is easy for you to keep on top of obviously without talking to you in a little bit more detail it's difficult to understand exactly where you are with all of this but having something that's a really easy go-to tool for you that you can use consistently whenever you're any feelings of anxiety or, or fear are coming up for you is really important and will make a very big difference um, whenever I've had moments of anxiety, um, I suffered with really bad anxiety for, for about two years. It was simply through the repetition of using particular tools that I was taught. And I tried lots of different ones, which is why I really do invite you to explore different types of meditation and different types of breath, breath work to see what might be good for you. But it's in having those tools that when I've noticed that my body's having a really unpleasant reaction to something that I can instantaneously um, go to those tools to help to soothe my body, to help to soothe my mind and to help to bring me back to a place that's centered. On another side of things, I'm curious as to whether, uh, as to what, what kind of support you've had with all of your phobias. Um, you know, the, the, un- the underlying thing that's coming up for you is fear. Mm. And that's expressing itself through different means right so you know through dentistry or 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 through the other items so you know my question would be is which part of you is truly afraid which is now being projected into these different instances and quite often as I said before 
you know, it's dealing with fears that have arisen through childhood, through different um, circumstances that weren't quite given the right attention and the right nurturing in that time. And then they manifest into something far greater. Quite often as well with phobias, um, they become, phobias are quite often a reaction that we have to something that's happened in the past. But because our bodies are constantly in a sort of flight, um, fight or flight mode, the, the subconscious mind has told you that this particular thing was dangerous at one moment in time. And that was why the fear developed, right? And your brain is just trying to protect you. That's all it's doing. It's like, hey, that was really bad. Let's stay away from that. It's not good for you. And over time, it's almost as though the fear gets blown out of proportion and we become more and more afraid. And that's how the phobia um, is formed. So there's lots of different techniques that you can use through NLP, through hypnotherapy, through lots of different things just to help to start to unpick that fear and to retrain your subconscious mind in understanding that it did do a very good job of protecting you once upon a time. And thank you so much for doing that. But now the response that you're having is actually becoming debilitating as opposed to being supportive, mm. so to speak. So um, I would really urge you to, to, to seek um, a practitioner or someone that can help you with this. If you need a little bit more advice or you'd like to have a bit more of a talk, you can speak to either me and Liz and we can go over different options but I would definitely get help with this to help to start to ease the experience that you're having and the response of fear that you're having at the moment. Brilliant. Thanks for that, Veronica. Amazing answer. I'd also like to add to that is that I think, you know, in modern society, and you and me have had this conversation a lot, Veronica, <clears throat> we have a tendency to label a lot of stuff with, you know, mm -hmm. almost obsessive labelers of this, like, oh, I've got this, or I've got that, or I've got the other. And you know we eventually begin to identify um with the label um mm -hmm. rather than with who we actually are deep inside with our true essence and the reality is ryan you're none of these things they're just experiences that you've had that mm -hmm. have colored you but deep down inside you're Ryan, you know, mm -hmm. and your true essence doesn't wear any of these labels. And this is something that I've, I've, I've also kind of been chatting to a friend of mine over in the States about is to stop labeling yourself as these things. Stop mm -hmm. saying that you have, you know, PTSD, stop saying that you have agoraphobia, stop saying um, that you suffer from anxiety and, and these things. Mm -hmm. And I'm not, I'm not, saying this to belittle the effect that it has on you far from it um what i'm trying to do is to start helping you to realize that you have a choice you know like you don't have to wear the labels that pr mm -hmm. certain practitioners put on you so that they can prescribe you certain medications mm -hmm. you know like doctors and the conventional method of treating certain um conditions inevitably inevitably mean that they have to put labels on you because then they need to administer particular drugs for those particular things but the reality is you know none of these things need a label they just need a light shone on them <laughs> and it goes again for what we were saying earlier you know that d darkness can only exist in the absence of light and if you stop running away from um, the, these fear-based emotions that you are experiencing and, and turn towards them and address, like Veronica said quite rightly, what it is exactly that you're afraid of and which part of you is afraid. Um, 
strike up a conversation with that part of you mm-hmm. again you know like in one of the earlier questions it's it's probably a, it was tim's question but you know it wouldn't surprise me that it's it's just you know something some things happened to you when you were younger um that have had a very very large impact on you and little um ryan inside you is terrified and he's he's throwing his toys out the pram in a really big way <laughs> so got to turn inside and talk to that little ryan and Absolutely. yeah you know just help him put his toys back in his pram I really hope that helps, Ryan. But like Veronica said, you know, we're both here to help. So if you want to reach out and speak to us, either of us, in 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 more depth on this, we're we're totally here to help you. Absolutely. Okay, so we've got um a, a question from Zabizo. Um he says, I'm very in touch with my emotions. Sometimes this can really get in the way of me being logical and calculated. I can also sometimes be stoic too. How do I find a good balance between the two? Okay, so I think this this goes back to yeah what we were saying initially in the beginning. So um, th- yeah, this was an interesting uh, question because it really uh, rung rung some truths for me as well. And I guess you know like, like it's excellent that you're you know really in touch with your emotions, but obviously at times our emotions can run wild, and sometimes it can be difficult to sort of manage them or to just see through them. Um, my you know recommendation to use a similar what we to what we said in the first to the first question is really go back to to sort of self-inquiry and getting really used to having conversations with yourself and understanding what your emotions are there for why you're experiencing these emotions and if you're feeling as though you'd like to have a little bit more of a practical approach to things then speak to the emotions and then speak to the practical mind and try and find a middle ground or a middle approach between the both and it's just simply again by constantly having these um, conversations with yourself understanding okay well what does the emotional me want what does what, do the, what, what does the emotional part of me want and what does the more logical side of me think about what i need to do and I would really just approach things from from that from that place. Um, and equally, if you're also finding that, you know, regardless of whether it's just your your emotions, if you're finding that you're in need of of calming your experience that you're having because you are quite emotional, then again, having a really diligent routine of of self care and uh, self support and you know meditating or looking after yourself in that way is absolutely imperative. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything that Veronica said. And um, I also think it's also about, and this came up earlier, you know, like, we're we're human, you know, we're not, we're not perfect beings, and we are going to have good days and bad days. And it's just about accepting that that's okay, as well. I mean, you know, we as women really know about that. <laughs> there are certain times in the month where, you know, things do get overwhelming and, you know, we, we can't be logical and calculated. And then there are other days where we can. And it's, I know that for myself, just, just being okay with the fact that I am a bit haywire on that particular day in and of itself helps. Um, yeah. But then, yeah, you know, like having practices that really ground me, um, as you know, like the yoga, my morning routine actually blast through even you know the pms and things like that and just helps me to maintain a really stable mindset and i was saying to veronica earlier actually last week i was i was a bit sick and i did i wasn't doing my morning routine every morning just because i was having to sleep a ton and i felt 
I felt a crack, you know, in, in my positivity and, and, and my mindset. And I said this to you earlier as well, you know, it's like, if we, if we're always polishing our little silver cup, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, like that, that daily polish means that actually we have to polish it a lot less, but if we put it away for like a week and then we get it back out again and it's all full of tarnish, like we have to work even harder to get that tarnish off and to polish that cup up again. So yeah, what I would say to you is the same thing that I think Veronica and I have been saying to everybody is consistency is key. Yeah. You know, just make that time, like get up. If you have to get up an hour earlier in the morning to make that time, do that. Um, and have that time journal do your gratitude exercises be Mm -hmm. thankful like write down the things that you're thankful for now write down the things you're thankful for that you want to have happen in the future read it back out to yourself do that in the morning and then before you go to bed do it again Mm -hmm. just read it back out to yourself again you don't have to write it down again Um, and just do that every single morning and it really does just change your life yeah and movement exercise is so important makes such a difference yeah I I really do love that that analogy about the the silver cup as well Liz I think that's really really on point (laughs) thanks you can you can have it (laughs) I will I'll I'll definitely put that in the bank for later use (laughs) (laughs) permission to borrow whenever you want (laughs) thank you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so i hope that helps abizo matthew uh had had a really lovely question and i think you and i can relate to this as well because we're both em- empaths i yeah. find that i take on board other people's emotions very easily have you any strategies for keeping centered when dealing with an emotional situation or person general strategies for maintaining positive focus and energy day-to-day would also be very helpful so yes is the answer to that (laughs) (laughs) yes I do um so yes as Liz mentioned so um you know I I I too am am an empath We, we both completely relate to where you're coming from and it can be very overwhelming to constantly feel everything that's happening around you Something that I have learned over the past few years is whilst like, it's, it is a gift, it's a gift to be able to have such a keen um, sense. So that's ultimately what it is. We have a very heightened and evolved um, sense, which is amazing, but it's only amazing if it's not causing us harm and if we know how to manage it. So first and foremost, there, I'd like to just reinforce how powerful choice and intention is, okay? So you have this gift and you can feel everything around you. But now what your responsibility is, is to decide how you want to use that and how you would like your body to engage with that and what you're going to do with it. Okay. Mm -hmm. And this all comes down to being very conscious and aware of the experience that you're having and also to setting boundaries. Okay. So uh, I've been working on my boundaries a lot over the past uh, few years. So having energetic boundaries is really important and when you're finding yourself in a situation where you're feeling far too much than you would like to feel first and foremost you just have to decide that you do not welcome that energy into your body set Mm. a boundary in your mind and say no 
I'm not willing to embody that energy because that's actually what's happening. The energy of the other person is coming into your body and you're physically feeling that in your body as if it were your own. So, you know, conditioning your mind of what's acceptable and what's not acceptable will make a really big difference for you. And also if you're understanding that there's that energetic exchange that's happening and that you're actually embodying the other person's emotions, um, clearly stating in your mind that you sense you send back the other person's emotions back into their space and that you're firmly holding your own space with your own energy and your own emotions is also very powerful. Mm. Um, now this, it does, it does take consistency. Again, it's all, this is all about consistency. It's about repetition. And the more that you do this, the more that you consciously notice when you're having a chat with someone that actually I feel a tightness in my chest and it doesn't belong to me. It belongs to you. I don't want this in my body. Please take it back. Mm. The more that you do that, you will start to develop a muscle memory and your brain and your body will be able to do it a lot quicker and a lot easier. Obviously, sometimes we, we, we like having that, that feeling of connection with someone, um, but it's up to you to decide and make an educated decision about what you want to let in and what you don't want to let in. And I promise you, it's literally as simple as stating your energy is your energy. My energy is my energy. Um, We all have the ability to have sovereign over our own um, energy fields and over our own feelings. But a lot of it comes with intention and with focus also. So there's this like school of thought, I think it's probably the best way to think of it, that in ancient times, if you will, healers, okay, healers healed others by taking on whatever impurity that the other person had into their own bodies, they would process this thing into their own bodies and then they would purge out whatever the imbalance was. And that's how a lot of sort of like spiritual woo-woo healers used to work back in the day. Um, Over time, as spirituality and healing has evolved, we've realized that actually the most effective healing happens when the person who wants the healing does the healing with their own intentions, their own desire in their own space. Mm. So some of us have still actually carried subconsciously this programming within our bodies and we still instinctively take on somebody else's bad feelings or issues into our bodies and we try and process it ourselves. So it's kind of, you know, take that as just a a little bite-sized piece. But within that sort of tale, the reason why I'm saying it is that it's actually far more beneficial for someone to heal themselves in their own space than it is for you to take on their emotions um, for two reasons. When somebody sorts out their own problem, okay, they become instantly empowered because they've actually been able to support themselves and to guide themselves through um, healing whatever it is that they need. It's not to say that they have to do it on their own, but they do it in their own space. And it's a lot more effective when people heal themselves within their own space. Um, another facet to that is that as the support person or as the healer or as the person that's engaging in that dialogue, you are a lot more effective and a lot more supportive if you are completely embodying your own authentic energy. If you are purely 100% your own essence, you're able to support that person from a place of strength. So I'm, I'm saying all of this just literally to plant seeds in your subconscious mind so that your brain starts to understand why times have changed and why it's a lot more powerful and a lot more supportive 
for you to facilitate somebody in their space as opposed to in your space. So just to clarify what I've said, intention, decide. If you feel bad in your body, tell the person in your mind to take back their own energy that you are not willing to hold their emotions or their energy in your body and in your space. Mm. Um, and another thing that's really useful, um, because I, I'm, I um, practice reflexology. I do a lot of energy work. I do a lot of things like that. And quite often I will feel my, my client's energies in my body. I use grounding. So if I feel that it's getting a bit overwhelming and I'm working with someone and I can really feel this intensity building, I start to ground myself. So I make sure that I'm really deeply rooted. I'm really stable. I'm really centered into the ground. Again, this is all through intention. Again, I will say to my client in my head, your energy is your energy. My energy is my energy. And I'll really clearly start to reinforce that boundary. Um, but also within the grounding, you can start to ground that person's energies and emotions out of your body through your feet into the ground. And this again is gorgeous through intention. So you can ground yourself and you can proactively ground that feeling or that extra energy out of your body into the ground. I also um, use my breath to facilitate that as well. If it's all getting a bit too overwhelming, I literally just take a nice deep breath in. And I exhale really slowly and really fully again with the intention that all of this is just releasing out of my body. And you'll be surprised that simply by just being aware of what's happening when you're engaging with someone and then having a very clear intention of what you choose to do with that energy, with that experience and supporting them by removing all of the energy out of your body and sending it into the ground or back to the person, you'll be surprised how effective that really is. Absolutely. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, and everything like Veronica says is, is basically, I'm just going to kind of back that up as when I was doing my massage training, one of the first things that we were taught was not, to, not how to not take on somebody else's energy. And the way that our teacher um, taught us was that empathize don't sympathize because mm -hmm. the minute you sympathize you're connecting with that person's energetic um frequency and you're then inviting like their energy to, to be transmitted to you but you can empathize with them and and help them kind of like teach a man how to fish rather than give him fish so mm -hmm, yeah. mm -hmm. and it just goes back to what you were saying veronica about you know facilitating their healing rather than being a sounding board for their complaints I guess mm -hmm. you know like if mm -hmm. someone comes to me with a complaint I'm like well okay have you thought about this have you thought about that and if they're like well no nothing works well, I'm like well then you have to change your mindset you know um rather than being like yeah I know it sucks doesn't it oh god yeah I mean obviously there are certain situations that are hard really hard to deal with and a certain degree of you know, judgment is needed on, you know, <laughs> how soft to be in those situations. But if you feel that people are constantly coming to you and just placing like their problems on your shoulders, that's not okay. And so, yeah, like definitely just make a, a conscious decision to not take that on. It's, it's like the analogy that I, I, I really like analogies. <laughs> 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 it's like you, the vampire can't enter your home unless you invite him in. Uh -huh. so yeah you know just don't just don't allow those energies to to like to infiltrate into your energetic system mm -hmm. yeah. and you'd be really surprised as to how focused and how energized you really do feel 
when you're actually in alignment with your own authentic energy as opposed to carrying other people's energies. Yeah. My recommendation to you would be like literally on a daily basis, do it in the morning and before bed is sit down and literally send in your mind, just say, I send everybody's energy that I've accumulated in my body back to them. And every morning do that, send everybody back their own energy. And then any energy that you've left around with other people claim that back. Yeah. And if you do that continuously, you'd be very surprised as to how um, energized you can really start to feel. Yeah, absolutely. And in terms of like general strategies for maintaining positive focus and energy day to day, um, I think Veronica and I have covered a lot about those like you know definitely one thing that's helped me and I've spoken about this twice already during this episode, <laughs> is the gratitude like writing down the gratitude thing so like in the morning the first thing get a journal and write down all the things that you're grateful for in the present day and then write down all the things that you're grateful for that you want to have happen in the future take half about half an hour to do this exercise um write everything down like in as much detail as you can and then read it out loud and always end things like this with a phrase something similar to this or something so much better um, now manifests for the greater good of all because Mm -hmm. you on your human perspective can only see Mm -hmm. things at a certain level but the divine sees everything in big big picture terms you don't want to limit your ability to manifest your true full potential potential yeah. um by just saying like i want these things so you always want to kind of leave it open-ended so that exactly like, sweep in with bigger better things for you yeah. and that for me has has really it really 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 helps me to maintain a positive focus and it also mm-hmm. helps me to feel less overwhelmed and I, I can't remember if we were talking about this before or during the podcast um but like since doing this little gratitude thing I now feel that I know I, I really know what it means to give it up to the universe you know it's yeah. like I do my gratitude in the day and I'm like cool I know it's all taken care of you know I'm just calling it to me and now all I have to do is just be grateful and just know that it's uh-huh. coming you know uh-huh. and obviously you know watch out for the signs do the work but I do it with joy rather than with like anxiety or like that heaviness Um, exactly so yeah and and you've also adopted that Liz you know as part of your self-care just to make that really clear to everyone you know that's part of your self-care you get up in the morning and you do your gratitude list you know you do your journaling and in the evenings, you're, you're making sure that you do your yoga and it helps you to feel focused. It helps yeah. you to feel energized. Yeah. So it's all about finding one or two things. Keep it very simple of things that you do on a daily basis and that it's non-negotiable and yeah. that you're doing your self-care and the rest looks after itself. It really does. It really, mm. really does. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. It's like you know if you i mean if you look at things in energetic terms if you're shooting off your energy here there and everywhere you know you're you're just going to leave yourself exhausted but whereas if you like just draw it all in get super focused and then shoot your energy with laser focus you're gonna you're going to achieve so much more in such Mm -hmm. shorter space of time Mm -hmm. with much less effort Um, exactly and it has to be an inside out job exactly Mm -hmm. Boom. <laughs> <laughs>
so yeah Matthew I hope that helps <laughs> and that brings us to the end of the questions that were submitted by the dreamers so yeah they were amazing thank you everybody really made me think quite a lot about um about your questions and also about what um what self-care means to me so um yeah. I hope that some of the amazing you've made some amazing suggestions Liz I hope that we've both um been able to offer you a few nuggets of wisdom yeah as have you Veronica it's been real really lovely having this exchange with you so tell listeners where they where people can find you and where your course lives so they can look into oh yeah yeah absolutely more. so um so my website, my business is called Healed Souls. So you're more than welcome to um, jump online. If you go to Healed, which is H-E-A-L-E-D-S-O-L-E-S, -E -E like the soles of your feet, because I'm a reflexologist, um, dot com. Um, you can find all of the work that I do there. I do offer one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions where I work a lot, both spiritually and practically, doing um, using different modalities like personal performance coaching, energetic NLP, and also lots of different techniques which involve um, meditations and visualizations. And um, my emotional empowerment course, which um, I've just finished the first round of, which is an incredible success and went really well. I will be starting the next round on the 29th of April. And this is a six week course. And throughout the six week course, I'm going to guide you through different processes which will help you to um, really refine your internal dialogue with yourself, really understand your needs, you'll be given lots of different tools that you can implement so that you can start to build a foundation of daily practice so that you can look after yourself, nurture yourself, do your self care regularly, but in a way that's really easy and really consistent. So we'll be going over lots of different things like that and, um, and what to do when you have a wobble. If you notice that there's a bad feeling arising within your body, there's some really useful exercises that you can also practice within the group. Um, which will help you to really heal your body, understand your emotions, and also help you to develop a new relationship and a new experience with, with what's happening. Yes, it's a, it's a six-week program. We meet once a week for between 60 to 90 minutes. It's all done online. And yeah, it's just a really beautiful experience. And the whole point of this course is to really give you the tools so that you can look after yourselves. So all of the lovely things that Liz and I have been talking about, all of the amazing um, processes that we now do on ourselves, I've packaged together a beautiful toolkit, which I will teach you, which I will then encourage you to do on a week by week basis so that we can feed back and understand what works for you. But most importantly, so at the end of the six weeks, you will go away from this and you will know how to look after yourself how to tune into yourself, to tune into your needs, and also how to then plan your life accordingly using all of these tools so that you can make sure that you can maintain your well-being, whether it's emotional, mental, physical, or practical things on the outside world, um, that you'll be, have the tools to be able to maintain that on a regular basis, all on your own. That's what's most important. It's great to have help, and it's great to have someone to hold our hands, but we are ultimately emotionally empowered when we're able to do all of these things for ourselves yeah so um if you would like to talk a little bit more about it i'm more than happy to have a little chat with you on the phone or over zoom and we can talk about what your needs are and whether the course is um the right fit for you you can email me or i'll give liz my details or you can contact me through through my website which is healedsouls.com or my email address is info at healedsouls.com and i'll be more than happy to have a chat with you about it amazing 
Cool. I'll put all that information in the podcast notes so people can access it easily. Lovely. Thank you, Liz. Thank you so much again, Veronica. It's been an, an absolute pleasure chatting with yeah, you. Yeah, it's been such fun. It's been yeah, really, really good. It's amazing to collaborate with you. And um, yeah, just an absolute pleasure to, to speak to all of the dreamers. And I've really enjoyed this. Yay. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening. It's my pleasure to bring you guests who are experts in their field to help you pursue your passions and achieve your dreams. Hope you enjoyed the show. I'd love to know what you thought of it. So please do remember to subscribe in iTunes and give us a little rate and review. If the show resonated with you, please share it with someone you think would benefit from it. If you have a question or topic you'd like answered on the podcast, head to lizchirelli.com and pop me a message. Huge thanks to everyone inside my Patreon community. It's their generosity that enables me to continue making this podcast. If you'd like to join us and connect with me on a deeper level, just head to patreon.com forward slash Liz Chirelli, where you can sign up quickly and easily. As a patron, you'll get access to the full range of my coaching packages and exclusive early access to all my musical output and special behind the scenes exclusives too.